Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. It's Friday and that could only mean one thing. It's Andy Bernstein. It's Legends of Sport Friday. Hey, Andy, how are you? I'm great, Arash. It was great to be with you on Legends of Sport Friday. I love it. I love it. Um, as we mentioned last week, I was at the Stanley Cup final, Las mm. Vegas winning their first Stanley Cup championship, having a big parade at night, Saturday night, no less. Um, there were some great pictures, and, and I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts because we have you know you're talking to a photographer this week, and I don't know if you saw this picture, but because of where you guys are can put cameras, there's this great shot. Of Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Marcher show, and he's in the center of all of his teammates surrounding him, and he's looking up, not at the camera, he's just looking up so happy, and I'm like, what a beautiful shot. I mean, how did the ability to put cameras in a variety of places, how did that change things? Well, I kind of hang my I hung my hat on that for my whole career, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, we call those remote cameras because they're put in um, in a remote location, um, pre-focused. Uh, in, a, if, in a, if it's basketball or it's hockey, you know, it's around the goal or the net, yeah. right? So that particular shot you're talking about, which is phenomenal, and I'm wondering, it probably was cropped because I would think that. The photographer had had a wider shot that showed yeah. the actual wall, but um, that that camera's in the catwalk. It's set up, you know, ten hours before game time. Um, when the you know the catwalk is usually shut down once uh, players come out or fans are in the building. Um, everything is controlled by by a remote control trigger, so it's basically a a tr- little plunger button that's attached to a radio. Um, that sends a signal to the receiver at the camera, which takes the picture, essentially. Um, what I do is a little bit more complicated on the NBA side. We do five to seven remote cameras every single game. Wow. And when I push that remote button, um, all those cameras, which are all on the opposite side of the court in strategic locations, all of those cameras fire at the same moment and with the same flash and the same strobe burst. Um, it's an incredible technology, really, if you think about an arena full of, you know, 18, 20,000 people, all kinds of signal interference, all kinds of stuff. You're dealing with cameras and, and shutters having open and closed and strobes going off. And all of that happens literally in a millionth of a second. Um, so it's, it's a crazy technology that we at the NBA helped to develop and then perfect, um, sort of towards the end of, uh, end of the 20th century. <laughs> it was. It was basically the the Bulls' second second three peat. Ah. Uh, 
and it, it's become the state of the art for what we do. Um, I guess it's probably in, of the 30 teams, probably about 12 to 15 of us do that every single game. Wow. I yeah. love talking photography with you, and I love when you have a photographer um, as a guest, which is the case this week. Danny Clinch, just an absolute amazing photographer. And then, as again, we normally talk sports here, but when you look up what he's, who he shot, the groups he shot, the musicians he shot, tell me about your conversation this week. Well, um, as you know, um, and maybe your listeners know by now, I'm a big Springsteen fan, right? So. Anybody who's ever shot Bruce um, and has been close to Bruce as their official photographer over the years, I, I just love their work. I follow it religiously. Danny um, became Bruce's photographer. Oh, I don't even know when, honestly, and has has shot the, so many iconic covers, concerts, um, going back to probably, I, I guess, the, you know, the beginning of the of the 2000s i think and um he doesn't tour with bruce he'll, he'll go in and out you know and, and shoot a concert here and there um but his work is just absolutely phenomenal so when i you know became exposed to his work through bruce i then did it not too deep a dive because <laughs> the work is all over the place yeah. um, and found that he he's he's got such deep roots in music um mostly music some entertainment some sports um but he was there at the, pretty much the, the birth of, of hip-hop. And he was a young photographer. He had worked for one of the greatest photographers of all time, Andy Leibowitz. Um, he has, obviously, his own style. And Danny just just saw an opening, I guess, with uh, the hip-hop world. And that exploded. And he became published and was published in so many different places. And... And now he's um, he's a true icon of, of my craft. Um, you know, it is called the Legends of Sport podcast. So sometimes we stretch it a little bit because I do a series on the podcast and have done it throughout the six years, um, legendary photographers. And, and, and most of them are sports photographers, but some of them, like Danny, have some sports background. Um, he, he shot an incredible portrait of Lionel Messi, for example, wow. that... We've all seen that. I had no idea that he shot it. So Danny came out with this incredible book, an opus of his work. Um, and that just gave me sort of the opportunity to reach out. And by the way, I've been collecting his work. My wife bought a couple of prints, uh, signed prints of Danny's oh. for various birthdays. And, um, you know, it's a little bit of a mutual admiration society too. He uh, he likes my work as, <laughs> I guess, as much. So, so it's great. And we had some great sort of meeting of the minds, some very common ground. You know, he shoots really famous people, right? And I shoot really famous people. Mine happen to be mostly athletes. His happen to be mostly entertainers or musicians. But there's there's a lot of commonality there in terms of how you deal with these famous people and how, you know, maybe the difference between an athlete and a musician um, or the similarities. So... It was a fantastic conversation, and um, I'm so glad that I've become friends with him. He's got a phenomenal gallery in Asbury Park. If anyone happens to be back uh, on the Jersey Shore this summer, it's called the Transparent Clinch Gallery right there on the boardwalk. Um, 
and uh, you know, just just a fun, wonderful, wonderful guy and wonderful conversation. I love it. So with that said, let's go to this week's episode of Legends of Sport Friday. It is Danny Clinch. I want to welcome Danny Clinch to Legends of Sport podcast. You know, your your accolades, credits go, you know, like two pages long here. I'm going to mention a few things right off the bat. Okay, photographer, filmmaker, musician, gallery owner, Grammy nominee, concert promoter, philanthropist, father. Don't forget that. Did I forget anything? <laughs> Did I leave anything out? <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's a good list right there. That's a damn good <laughs> list, man. Trying to add to it at every uh, every turn. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I, this is the first time you and I have met, like, face-to-face. I mean, we've been corresponding over, you know, DMs and um, admiring each other's work and all that. Um, I'm a huge admirer of your work, obviously. And, and thank you. Thank you. And since this is called the legends of sport podcast, okay, let's just dive in right off the bat, Danny on, on your sport photographing sports history, which took, honestly, I gotta be totally honest. You took me by surprise as you're known, you know, for your filmmaking, of, of course, for your incredible photography of musicians and, and bands mm-hmm. and everything. Tell me something. Is it different for you to work with an athlete than it is with a musician? Um, you know, I don't think so necessarily. I think I just approach everybody with the same kind of idea of, you know, treating everybody with respect mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to find some common ground. Mm-hmm. And in fact, my music photography really helps me in my sports photography. Okay. Like the idea that, you know, uh, for example, um, we discovered, you know, I made a film about, Pearl Jam mm-hmm. playing at Wrigley Field called mm-hmm. Let's Play 2. Mm-hmm. And we uh, interacted with, um, you know, Theo Epstein and a lot of the uh, a lot of the um, ballplayers uh, yeah. at the Cubs. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. we found that, you know, you know, rock stars want to be uh, athletes <laughs> and athletes want to be rock stars. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny, man. Uh, you know, I've seen the whole thing develop, especially with hip hop and the convergence of with the NBA and the crossover now is it's almost indistinguishable. I mean, you can, you know, but you're right. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And it's funny when you go to games and you see, you know, the, the great musicians are just homaging, especially when Kobe was playing. It was just, and Jordan, it was just, it's, it's funny for me, you know, to see that and be on the other side yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, so Danny, um, let, let's, t- we always like to talk about where somebody got started, you know, and I, I, sure. we did a lot of research and stuff and I was pleasantly surprised to know that your mom was a photographer. Is that how it started the bug for you? Well, yeah, I would say my mom's just the snapshot queen, you mm-hmm. know, always photographing, always had a camera, yeah. photographing all the family events. And she's 81 now. And we were talking the other day and, you know, I go to her house and, and to visit and sometimes um, we'll just pull out, uh, you know, a couple of her photo albums. And she literally has a closet <laughs> that is just filled with photo albums, wow. like photo albums from like the 70s and the 80s and like mm-hmm. you know the ones that have those plastic sleeves yeah. that then stick on the thing and they're yeah. all dried out and the photos are falling out and yeah. stuff <laughs> it's really it's really incredible and yeah you know i didn't i don't normally uh zoom in this particular room but yeah these are a lot of my family photos oh very that, cool that are going on here so uh-huh. i you know i definitely continued what she started uh in terms yeah. of photographing the family and i photographed the family all the time we were just there for 
corned beef and cabbage the other day. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I had my camera out and was taking photos as I always do. And yeah, uh, I mean, if you look behind me, this is like, um, right there is myself and my sister by my dad's Harley. Right. This is, um, <laughs> this photo right here is my wife and my kids and I taken by Jim Marshall. No way. That's Great Jim Marshall. Wow. He wow. dumped a bowl of popcorn over his head to get my kids to laugh because he was <laughs> he was having no success. And he literally went way out on the limb and just oh. took a big bowl of popcorn and dumped it on his head. Oh, that's um, beautiful, man. That's this so photograph great. right here, and I point this out for a reason. This one yeah. is um one of the images when I first started going to school, I went to uh school for um photography at Ocean County College uh for uh school um it was basically uh visual communications mm -hmm. and um it was one of the photographs i took either there or when i was at new england school of photography mm -hmm. that i felt like i had gotten something you mm -hmm. know like i looked at the photo and i thought to myself i really feel like i i captured a moment here that's really special and there's a little surprise in there and mm -hmm. like I, I felt like man this might be this might be my calling you huh. know and it is that photograph really of my my two nephews holding my niece huh. my mom's arm is kind of coming in with like a polka dotted blouse on to the side to make sure they didn't drop my niece you know? uh -huh. that's interesting anyway, so that yeah. so that was that was kind of like the epiphany almost of or like where it, i mean i can point to it the same way you know i went to art center out here in la commercial uh -huh. art school you know, to be a sports photographer was like blasphemy, you know, <laughs> but, but I had a couple of teachers that believed in me and I, I, I just will never forget those first few games where I went out and, and, and thought, wow, this like, I could make a living doing this. I mean, people actually yeah. make living at doing this, became an assistant, which of course you did. I mean, you worked for the greatest of all time. I mean, you worked for Andy yeah. Leibowitz and yes. I have a funny Annie story if you want to hear it. So <laughs> bring it on. So when, um, I never met her personally, but when Wayne Gretzky was traded to the Kings in 92, which is probably before your time with her, right? Um, um, were you with her then? No. Yeah? I, I was, I had already left. I was oh, there you had already left? Okay. All 87, right. 88. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So anyway, she, you know, she comes out and big entourage, the whole thing, spends three days with Wayne. And I didn't know that was her style, but she spends three days with him, doesn't even take a camera out. And then finally, you know, they figure out where to shoot this thing. So he, be, and he was very difficult to, to get comfortable with. You know, I worked around him a lot and yeah. he's always very standoffish. I mean, he's nice enough, but you know, he, sure. he's very shy. And that just impressed me, you know, that, that that was her way of doing things. And then the result of it was, was obvious. There was a connection between her and the subject, which, which might not have happened if she just showed up, you know, rang the door and wanted to do a shoot. So yeah. how much of that influenced you? Because your style, Danny, I mean, you've heard it from a million people. Your book is like, it's a masterpiece. I mean, your, your style is so honest and it's so... It, there's such a connection between you and your subject. It's like you know these people for years, you know, like, and you just happen to have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me yeah. ask, you, let me ask you this because I asked Pete Souza this, and he had a great answer. But what is it about your personality that makes people comfortable with you, as, as opposed to the other way around? That's a good question. Yeah. I think that I'm just. Um, I'm pretty straightforward and honest with people. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I think I've been around other photographers and, and Annie was very honest and direct as well, but I've been around other photographers as I was assisting or just watching, watching other people work. Mm -hmm. 
And you can see through someone who's just trying to, you know, get their way and connive you into doing something maybe you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And I have no interest in that. Yeah. You know, I will ask someone, I will collaborate with them. And collaborations for me, they don't have to be huge. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be big. It can be very subtle. Mm -hmm. And my relationship with Bruce Springsteen is that way. He mm -hmm. understands how to collaborate. And sometimes the collaborate the collaborations are we discuss it. He comes up with some thoughts and ideas. He runs them by me. I come up with a mood board and some image ideas and I show them to him. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and he's such a, a student of of rock and roll. Yeah. Um, we All our references are kind of the same. Uh -huh. And so like we get it, we can talk about it and get to it, you know, yeah. and other times mm -hmm. it's just very as simple as, as you know, the way he presents himself to me in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with anyone, you know, it's the idea for me is I like to find some common ground and, you know, I'm about, I'm about the moment and the mm -hmm. document as mm -hmm. well. I really love, um, you know, I love doing a portrait, a very simple portrait on a backdrop. I did the Grammys for 16 years doing that and having three minutes with someone and <laughs> yeah. trying to capture something, which is really fun. Uh -huh. I like being in a, in a location that has some story to it. Yeah. And I like yeah. to, yeah. Um, you know, get people to drop their guard and, mm -hmm. you know, like hang out enough to, uh, to, to just get that moment that gives you a little window into like who the person really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know what it is about me that allows people to see that. Um, mm. you know, I also, depending on the shoot, I could just be wandering around with just, you know, my Leica and just, yeah. you know, I'm at a show or I'm backstage, or maybe I'm at a recording session, whether I've been hired to be there or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and you know, the quietness of the document and just hiding in the background and catch capturing these moments. I love mm -hmm. someone writing a set list or writing a song or mm -hmm. going through something with the band. Yeah. Love all that stuff. <laughs> um, and then there's moments where I'm hired to do some album packaging and publicity and, or a magazine cover. Mm -hmm. And I like to bring, um, you know, a great crew with me. I like put on some James Brown because it always gets people moving. <laughs> and I encourage anyone who's on the set with me to interact with the subject mm -hmm. and like with, with what's going on. I'm not like, all right, quiet on the set. Everybody shut up. Yeah. I'm going to be the one who's running the show here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like to leave it loose and, you know, someone distracts your subject mm -hmm. and they look off to the side with a, with a, a great expression mm -hmm there's these little moments like that's what I'm looking for. And yeah. if I put someone in a spot to photograph, say, Oh, that light's really beautiful over there. Why don't you go sit down on the corner of that couch? And, you know, I mean, before they're even sitting down, I'm ready to just grab that moment before they've settled in and before they've just been like, okay, what do I do? Right. <laughs> right. Wow. That, like, that, uh, yeah. That's kind of, and you know, I, I love Pete Souza. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a guy yeah. and what a great photographer and what a wonderful mm -hmm. person. Mm hmm and uh and human and su such a great sense of humor and uh and he's just so intelligent and we had a great conversation mm -hmm. uh which was that he's a documentarian mm -hmm. and that someone had tried to hire him to do portraits of some people mm -hmm. and he's just like no <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean no and he's like well I, that's not what i do yeah i hang around and i document what's going on mm -hmm. and and uh and they said well well how about we give you more money and he was like no <laughs> yeah no i was just so admired that yeah no pete is very yeah. he knows he, he definitely knows what where his lane is um yeah. but he uh yeah well we can get into a whole conversation about pete yeah. but um 
but one of the things that you and I and Pete and a lot of a lot of photographers who are around famous people, you know, we're around a lot of famous people, and you know, there there's the element of trust that comes through in your photography. I think probably almost more than any photographer I, I've ever met. Michael Zagaris is a very good friend of mine and, and his rapport, his rock and roll stuff, but then his sports stuff, you know, you can tell that there was just this incredible trust and that whole fly on the wall thing, which, yeah. you know, I don't really, and Pete says this, you know, we don't believe in being invisible, right? <laughs> because we were, and you say that in your book, you, you talk about being part of the scene, being part of what's going on, almost part of the band in a way, right? And you yeah. actually have been part of the band. I was there when you were up there playing the harmonica. But <laughs> another story. Um, All right, let's leave it there for now. Another amazing conversation right here on Legends of Sport Friday on the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune. Danny Clinch, amazing photographer, uh, the photographer for Bruce Springsteen, the photographer for so many musical performers you have heard of, Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, uh, Tupac Shakur, Smashing Pumpkins, Blind Melon, Dave Matthews Band. You go down the list, it's really incredible. So we'll leave it there for now. We'll come back with more with Danny Clinch right here on the Urash Markazi Show on Legends of Sport Friday right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii Caller Hotline 310-400-0340. But again, it's Friday. It's Legends of Sport Friday. It's Andy Bernstein. Andy, this was such an amazing conversation, and I get so enthralled. And I know people driving around or tuning in, and we go to a commercial break, and they're like, I want to hear more. Luckily, you can't hear the entire conversation. How can I do that, Andy? Well, my friend, um, anyone can go to their favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Our home base is iHeart. And uh, you can find us, the Legends of Sport podcast. Um, our entire archive is there. Um, you can also go to our YouTube channel, Legends of Sport. And uh, our Instagram, at Legends of Sport, will be putting uh, reels and clips on there um, of my conversation with Danny. And our... Um, our website is a good good uh, 
place to land because it has all our content on there from Legends of Sport. It's legendsofsport.net. And, uh, you know, please uh, keep following us because, you know, we just ended season six or we're about to end season six. And um, it's been a great run and great, great following and can't wait to come back with season seven. You touched on this in the first segment. What is that commonality you think that uh, you um, and Danny can allow someone to feel comfortable? Because the shots that you get are twofold. It's either a portrait where they're very comfortable, or again, you get them in a very private moment where they're comfortable with you there. You're almost like a fly on the wall what is the commonality i think that that you guys share i mean did you guys um because again if you're a rock star you know you you have all this attention on you how Mm -hmm. how 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 do you guys gain the trust of these amazingly famous of these amazingly famous people well it it begins and ends arash with two things one is trust and trust is built on myself, Danny, someone else who's in that position to work with a famous uh, personality, that's built on on being your authentic self, right? So I'm not going in there thinking I got to impress this person or I just want to get in there, do my job, make them comfortable, make them look good, give them, give them or the client something that they're happy with. And uh, sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes you have a subject who um, you know, like Kareem, for example, you know, love Kareem, but didn't particularly like his picture taken is mm-hmm. always like pulling, you know, it was just like, just having to pull it out of him and getting a <laughs> smile was difficult. Um, other guys like Magic, Kobe, you know, Jordan, in my world, you know, super affable, easy to work with. But the other thing is a um, couple other factors that there's also um come into play uh, preparation you're not you know you, Danny Clinch does not show up for a shoot with Bruce Springsteen in Central Park in a snowstorm without an idea of what he wants to do and what he wants Bruce to do has his equipment nailed down um has scoped it out um scouted it what have you you know he, Danny tells a great story about Bruce just showing up in a cab at the appointed time and gets out of the cab in a snowstorm <laughs> and looks Danny in the eye, who he knows and trusts. He says, I hope you have a plan. <laughs> and of course, Danny had a plan. You know, it's not like he's going to come out of the cab and like, oh, we'll just wing it. <laughs> and I've been in that position many, many times. And then when you get into the inner sanctum, whether it be a dressing room at, at Bruce's, you know, Broadway show, a tiny little dressing room or, you know, in front of the stage or backstage or what have you, um, during sound check, or in my case, you know, with Kobe during his private workouts or um, just in the locker room, you know, while these guys are getting ready. Um, you have to conduct yourself in a way that, that you are not a distraction. You just, it's not about you, me, the photographer. It's about them preparing for what they got to do. Bruce has got to go out and and sing to 60,000 people and Kobe's got to go out and, you know, be ready to play a game. And, and, you know, all these guys and and women just, they, they know that we're there for a reason and we can't abuse that privilege, honestly. Yeah. It's, um, and by the way, we are the ones 
who get rewarded at the end with these great, memorable pictures. So amazing work. Um, all right, let's uh, now go to the second part of your amazing conversation on Legends of Sport Friday with Danny Clinch. Hey, um, sure. question about this book, okay? First yeah. of all, I mean, how did you possibly edit this book together <laughs> with the millions of, of photos you oh, had man. to consider, the way it's laid out? It's it's spectacular. Yeah. I mean, how did you Friends do that? Friends that you have that aren't, or, or you know, yeah. that didn't make it in, or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, they made the back was, inside cover. I can tell that you, you wanted to get a few more people in there, so, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. True. Yeah. As anyone who's made a book, obviously, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it was hard, uh, but I was... Uh, I, I partnered up with uh, my friend Stefan Nedzvetsky, who is a um, a great. He's a creative. He's got a co he's got a company, uh, an, a small ad agency. Well, they're getting bigger by the moment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in uh, New York City called Yard, and we worked on the John Barbados campaigns together, mm -hmm. photographing Iggy Pop and Green Day, and mm. you know. Yeah. on and on it's, yeah. it's a great campaign uh, gary clark jr uh, jimmy page mm. um and um and he and i just became pals and uh he has a very classic eye and he's also a very straightforward uh person mm -hmm. great sense of humor we love each other we always busting each other's chops <laughs> and um and he would have the he would have the strength to say to me or you know or the directness to yeah. say look I know you love that photo because you had a great time and right. you were with somebody you really liked, but that's not the photo yeah. for the book, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'd be like, oh man, come on. Well, the, <laughs> the, the old, you know, and photographers we, are the worst editors yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So we'd barter. I'd be like, all right, you give me that one right. and I'll give you this one. Right. And we would go back and forth and we just had a blast doing it. And he's, yeah. again, you know, I always feel like my approach to my photography, although as most people in the early nineties who were shooting indie rock and, and hip hop, like mm -hmm. there was a lot of cross processing ex experimenting going on there. Mm -hmm. that was like uh, a little, a little, a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, like I try not to be trendy, you know, I try to stick to like the classic moment, mm -hmm. classic uh, photography. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like yeah. he's a designer in that same, in that same way. Yeah. And what a great meeting it, of the minds. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I think that the people that the photographs, you know, they don't go out of style if mm, they're no, no, classic. No, they're nature. beautiful. Yeah. So, Dave, I, I know you've given me so much time, man. I want to talk about your gallery, okay? Um, yeah. So what was the, the uh, you know, the impetus of the gallery? How did it start? Um, you do a lot of stuff out of that gallery. I follow you, you know, religiously, and you're doing concerts, and you're doing photo exhibitions and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did that all start for you? Well, my wife and I have been together forever, mm -hmm. and uh, we would always go to the Stone Pony as kids, go mm -hmm. to see some shows there. Yeah, um, trying to, you know, I'd always bring my camera, hoping that you know Bruce would roll in and sit <laughs> in with someone, you know. Uh, did he? <laughs> he probably uh, did once or twice. Until way later on in my life, but yeah. I remember going to see the Greg Allman Band and mm -hmm. going to see Warren Zevon, and, mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, and people like that and hoping that, um, you know, he might, he might show up, <laughs> but anyway, um, we were always going there and we love Asbury park and a, a good friend of mine, my friend, Tim Donnelly, who's also my partner, one of my partners in the see here now music festival. Mm -hmm. Um, he, uh, moved to Asbury and we just started hanging out there a lot with our friends and we were doing little gallery shows up there. Uh, Tim and I, and, 
My wife and I were on the boardwalk one day and this woman walked up to us who had worked for iStar, which is the company that built the um the the Asbury Hotel mm. and the new Asbury Ocean Club and yeah, has beautiful. owns a lot of property. Yeah. And they're you know, they've really put in a lot of energy and and goodwill into uh, Asbury Park to 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 bring it back. Mm-hmm. And um so this woman uh came up and, and said, uh, hey, we've got a great space in the Asbury Hotel building, that atrium spot that's in the front of the building on the east side. And we want to do a gallery show there. And uh, would you be interested in doing a pop-up gallery mm-hmm. of your work? You know, mm-hmm. we know you work with Bruce and Pearl Jam and, mm-hmm. you know, all these great musicians and you've been around Asbury for a long time. Yeah. And um, to be honest, our first, uh, our first thought was, oh man, these, these gallery shows are, they are a lot of work. They're a lot of money yeah. to pull off yeah. and you don't necessarily make your money back. Yeah. And right. it's a time, it's a time suck. And, mm-hmm. and that I said, but something feels pretty cool about it. Like, let, let's ask her some questions. So we said, you know, we'd like to do it this way. And she said, yeah, that we can do it. We can do that. And we want to put these vinyls up in the windows and we want to, um, you know, if you will pay for the printing and the framing and that and mm-hmm. they're like sure and i was like well we also want a drum kit and like some <laughs> amplifiers for guitars and yeah. they just kept saying yeah sure yeah. yeah fine yeah you know and they're like they invested in us right, right. and um right. it was pretty cool uh so we decided to do it yeah. and our friend tina who runs the gallery had a a small uh shop uh selling mid-century modern furniture and art and um and that, and I had in fact given her a Tupac photograph of mine, which she had hanging up in there, which, uh, you know, she would get a commission on if she sold it. And it was a great little spot and people loved it. She was right next, next to a coffee shop. It became like a place to hang. Mm. Well, long story short, her lease came up and she decided, uh, agreed to run the gallery. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. and so that's how we run it. We run it as a, um, there's a permanent like pop-up living room, <laughs> yeah, you know? right. but what became, what was temporary has become, yeah. God willing, oh, yeah. permanent. So three months turned into three years, yeah, turned beautiful. into now six years. Yeah. So we're there, we're paying a lease, we're, you know, we're just still doing shows. We're still giving back to the community whenever mm. we can. Yeah. Um, which is really. That's uh, wonderful, uh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's, let's, let's end by talking about the, your festival, the see here now yeah. festival, which, you know, had to yeah. go on hiatus like everything else, you know, for yep. COVID. I actually yep. was going to go with my buddy. I call him my Bruce buddy. Cause he and I've seen like 50 something shows. He just, he and I together. We were going to go. And then, uh, of course, you know, COVID hit. That was the end of that. But, you know, the impetus of that festival, um, when is it? And, uh, you know, how can yeah. people how can people find it, you know, online? It is um, in September. Mm-hmm. It's called See Here Now. Yep. It's um, on the 16th and 17th this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, you know, back in the day when I was saying earlier about Tim and I, you know, Tim would organize these little surf uh, art shows and photography shows and put a band in there and stuff. And he was calling them See Here Now. Yeah. And he and I had always wanted to do, uh, we had dreamed of doing our own festival. So we created a one sheet after we saw Gentlemen of the Road, mm-hmm. which was put on by uh, Mumford and Sons. Okay. And they would, they would go, they put these little festivals on not that little, but you know, not that big either. Yeah. And they would go to towns that needed some cash, mm. that needed money, that had some hardships. Mm-hmm. They would put on a show there and try and bring revenue to the community. 
And in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, they we had had Sandy mm -hmm. and we had had a, a big fire on the yes. boardwalk down there. Right. So they chose that spot as a spot to do it. Mm. Came out, Tim and I went to the show. We're friends with Mumford and Sons. Um, they put on a great show. We were super inspired. And we started shopping our one sheet around. And um, <laughs> after going, you know, hitting many, many dead ends, we came across uh, Tim Sweetwood, um, who uh, works for C3 mm -hmm. and does Shaky Knees, an innings festival for you sports fans. Mm -hmm. The last one was this past weekend, innings festival in Tampa. Yeah, what and is And he that? also does one in Tempe a couple, of, like a month back. Okay. But, you know, Green Day. Oh. um uh, and they have like baseball players come out and they do signings and they do like little workshops. Oh, that's cool. I haven't heard very of cool. Yeah. Very cool for the hmm. sports fan. Interesting. Um, and it's been very successful. So, um, Tim, so Tim Sweetwood, HM Woolman, Tim Donnelly mm -hmm. and myself partner up. Tim says, I like the idea. Let me come to Asbury and see what you have. What's let me see this, see the site. Yeah. He comes down. And when you stand on that boardwalk and you're standing next to convention hall yeah yeah and you see the stone ponies right over there the wonder bars right over there yeah he just was like oh okay yeah it's and, and it's he, wide he open it. it's a big expansive yeah. space it, you know the beach is huge space. and yeah right yeah it's yeah. incredible right. and um hmm. so he brought it to his partners and they were all into it and you know the whole idea is is basically music surfing and art mm -hmm. so we have the killer music yeah. component yeah our first year you know we had incubus as a headliner um and jack johnson we had g love we had just a bunch brandy carlisle yeah so our idea is like musicians who make art or musicians who surf and surfers who make music yeah yeah you know we just try to put like that's the kind of idea um <laughs> you know where a lot of the, the people who come through like um you know, Pearl Jam, for example, came through. Eddie surfs, Mike surfs. Really? But Jeff's Jeff Ament is a great artist. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So amazing. Uh, and we and, and what we what we do is we put a pop up transparent clinch gallery on the site, mm -hmm. and we get art from the musicians who make art, mm -hmm. and then we sell the art and give uh, a portion to charity, mm -hmm. a portion back to the artists. Mm -hmm. Many of the artists just say give it to the charity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. um yeah and then they do like a little live music in there it's, it's really special uh, killer surfers men and women from yeah. all over the country um you know uh it, it's just a you know and, and great music you know That's everything so from yeah. you know punk rock to legacy acts like blondie and mm -hmm. joan jett yeah. and our killer headliners mm -hmm. um this year we got the foo fighters no way uh, wow dear friends of mine yeah we have the killers yeah i actually did I actually did the last round of Foo, of Foo Fighters publicity photos mm -hmm. for Taylor Pass. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah, yeah. And and then I also did the Killers photos too. So mm. sometimes even in my own festival, the photos that are up, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, kind of cool. uh, yeah, kind of a little bit freaky. But yeah, that's amazing. Well, I got I got to come it, this year. I have a daughter. Oh, in, you got to come. I have a daughter in Philly, and those dates are ringing a bell with me because she's a dancer and her her mm. dance company i think's got something going on in, in september so yeah well, maybe you can hit one of the days you know yeah, it'll be awesome um, man um the uh, the other thing i was going to mention yeah. about the festival which yeah. I, which we love and, mm -hmm. and and we we try to like we we keep the community in mind there you know mm -hmm. from the younger kids to the older folks to the um you know gay community there 
um it's like everybody is considered mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. it's it's very cool and, and you know like I think parents can bring their kids to see Stevie Nicks, you know, mm -hmm. and then the kids will drag their moms over to see like Wet Leg right. or you know a band that you know yeah. they've never heard of. Yeah. It's like really a beautiful. Uh, That's a beautiful so great. Wow. Well, I look forward to it, Danny. I hope you know, God willing, the the timing will work out. That'd be tremendous. Hey, listen, right I, I didn't. I forgot to mention to you that I did actually see you in person on opening night in Tampa. You were probably like 10 yards from me. I mean, seriously, I was with Pat and Chris Riley with my friend oh. Chris, and I was yelling at you, but of course, the, the show was going on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but you doing your thing, man. You were like locked in, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I was partying up a storm, and, and Pat, you know, I mean, you've been around Pat Riley at a, at a Bruce show, but he is fanboy to the max you know that's and, uh, funny yeah it's, that's great. It's so great i love to hear that about people yeah i had a great here's a great moment for sports fans okay i'm and then i'm going to space on who was the cubs manager when they won the world series uh, Ooh, um joe madden joe madden joe madden right yeah. so and forgive me that's sacrilegious but anyway <laughs> uh i i go to the game and like i'm i'm basically it's like game four i think and uh it's it's at wrigley yeah. and i'm i got a field pass kind of you know and i'm i'm like wandering around and uh steve green is the steve green sure yeah long great time. guy yep he was he helped me get to a certain point and then you know uh and then i think there was somebody else there and said you know joe madden's like a huge springsteen fan right he's friends with max right and i was like no I, I i didn't know that or i did know that i can't remember uh -huh. anyway he says, well, I, if I get a chance, I'll introduce you to him. I'm like, well, I'm sure he's kind of busy. Yeah, it's a freaking <laughs> like World Series over here. for the World Series. <laughs> so he introduces me to him. Yeah. And uh, and we start talking. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and like I'm the only guy out there without a without a baseball hat on. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, and, you know, we're just having a great conversation. And he keeps talking and he keeps asking me more questions and telling me more stories. Yeah. And like, I start to get kind of uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm like should you be like this baseball over here, but <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm like yeah. looking over my shoulder. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I think I'll let you go. You're probably busy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't you have to submit that lineup card or something? I oh mean, oh, that's great. And then at the end of the, if you've never seen that film, yeah, let's play two. No, I haven't seen it. Pearl, so Pearl Jam, mm -hmm. the idea is Pearl Jam's playing two, mm -hmm. two nights at the, uh, at Wrigley Field, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So at the same time, the Cubs are going on a run. Mm. And mm. I say to Kelly Curtis, the band's manager at the time, I said, if they go on a run, like this can be part of the story. All right, that's it for another amazing episode of Legends of Sport Friday right here on the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune. Always love these conversations, finding out new things about people I had never really um, heard of but respected their work. Danny Clinch is a perfect example of that. Seen his photography for many years. Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, Tupac, Smashing Pumpkins, Blind Melon, Dave Matthews Band, Fish, Bjork. I mean, you just go down the list. What an amazing career. But uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again next week. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.